It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Happy Valentine's Day. Well, we seem to be on a roll this week regarding tugboats here on the Ship Report. I got a listener question about them and thought it would be interesting to answer that today since it's relevant to what we've already been talking about. This listener asked about crossing the bar with a tug and barge. Do they go over the bar and out to sea? And if so, how do they control the barge? Just to be clear for folks who might not be familiar with the term bar in this case, the bar is the area right at the mouth of the river where the river meets the sea. Now, this is a great question, and overall, the broad answer is very carefully and with a lot of skill and finesse and paying attention. Now, I'm certainly not an expert on this, but I've talked with people who are, so I'll draw on what I've learned from them. Yes, indeed, tugs and barges do go over the bar and out to sea, and they also come here from other places, specifically often from British Columbia with the barges carrying crushed cars to be made into scrap metal in Portland. So yes, they do cross the bar. So let's look at this more closely, this process. A tug and barge rig with a tug towing a barge in this case, they are each smaller vessels than a ship, and is actually two vessels tied together, They have to take great care in crossing places like river mouths or bars where the force of the river is meeting the ocean. Now, I've talked a lot with you about how turbulent the mouth of the river here can be, say, on an ebb current. That's when the tide is falling or going out. So generally, mariners in smaller vessels avoid the bar during ebbs. But vessels need to cross this area, and they do it all the time, vessels like fishing boats, tugs and barges, and other craft. And they ensure their safety as much as possible by timing their crossing with the tide at times when the water is the least turbulent. Years ago, when I talked with a bar pilot about the best time to cross the bar in a small boat, he said to time your arrival on the bar a little after the low tide, just as the flood or rising tide is kicking in. This is what is called slack water in general, when the water in the river must, by necessity, turn around to flow the other way as the tide turns. And once the tide is rising, the flood current, that's the rising tide, will be slower than the ebb tide or ebb current. And it's also not going to pull a small vessel out to sea like the ebb would if things go haywire. So a tug and barge rig, for instance, are headed out to sea from Astoria to the ocean. They would probably pick a slack water time to cross the bar. They would also be slowly lengthening the tow line as they headed downriver to allow the distance between the tug and the barge to be perhaps longer than they would have it be in the confines of the upriver portion of the Columbia inland from Astoria, but not so long as to lose control of the barge. Now, this is all done very carefully, a lot of judgment calls involved here, a lot of experience, and they do it under the best possible conditions to ensure safety. Now, once they cross the bar and are in the ocean, the tug will lengthen the towing cable between the tug and the barge so that it can be towed at a distance, often way behind the tug. This creates that catenary curve I mentioned previously in the tow line, which forms a long, shallow arc underwater between the tug and the barge. In physics terms, a catenary curve is the curve that a hanging chain or cable or line makes under its own weight when supported only at its ends. On land, a good example of a catenary curve would be a clothesline. This long, gentle curve acts like a spring or a shock absorber between the tug and the barge, 
and can moderate movements of the tug and the barge to help the tug keep control of it. It also provides a safe distance between the two vessels. One thing tug crews keep in mind when they are anywhere towing a barge is the potential for the barge to hit the tug from behind or have some other mishap. Barges are usually larger and heavier than the vessels towing them, and so these situations can be deadly when things go wrong. So if for some reason the barge ends up going faster than the tug, a lengthy towing cable gives the crew time to react and handle it. Say, for instance, the tug developed engine problems. There are no brakes on the barge or the tug. If the barge was close behind the tug, the tug could get run over by the barge, and you don't want that. Crews are also ready to jettison the barge if need be, because a barge that capsizes or rolls over or sinks for some reason, say in a storm, can pull the tug down with it. So a lot to consider here, and sometimes quick action is needed and they truly can be matters of life and death if something goes wrong. When tugs are on the river, they have to shorten up that cable between the tug and the barge because they are now in an enclosed area where many course changes are needed, and the crew must contend with other vessel traffic. They're also headed either for an anchorage or a berth, and so they must keep shortening the length of the tow to get the barge nearer to the tug, in some cases to the point where the barge is alongside the tug, and this can help them maneuver at the dock or the anchorage. Also, it's not a simple matter for the tug to make the barge take a sharp turn, for instance. For any kind of close quarters maneuver, the tug will stop pulling and come back alongside the barge and tie up to it directly to keep close control of it. Now, this is obviously something that's planned way in advance and done slowly and deliberately. All in all, Towing a barge is a challenging situation that is way harder than it looks if indeed anyone even notices this process other than the people who are doing it. Another example of the unseen expertise of mariners. More about different types of tugs. There are even more different types of tugs than I've already mentioned in parts one and two of this series. And when you consider that a tug is a type of workboat, you can see why. There are many types of workboats, and usually these are boats that support other vessels at sea or in harbors. There are ice-breaking tugs with unique reinforced hulls to withstand ice. Anchor-handling tugs that deploy and move ship anchors that can weigh several tons. Line-handling tugs that support larger tugboats and are used to run dock lines from the ship to the dock because such lines are massive, very thick, and very heavy. There are survey and research tugs and patrol tugs that assist law enforcement with duties such as rescues. Some tugs are used as crew boats to take personnel and cargo out to oil platforms and drilling rigs. So that's a little more about the different types of tugboats. And in my research for this question, I came across an interesting bit of tugboat trivia. How much does a tugboat cost? Well, in case you were thinking of getting one or giving one for a present to someone you know who loves tugboats, the price of a new tugboat can vary greatly, and none of them are inexpensive. Some sell for about $750,000, while at the other end of the spectrum, they can cost upwards of $10 million. However, the cheapest way to gain the use of a tugboat is to charter one. So when you see a tugboat assisting with, say, a grounded ship or a large vessel in port, that tug has been hired out from a tugboat company to do this specific kind of work. So the next time you see a tug go by, tip your hat to them for a job well done. A lot of skill, expertise, and savvy go into this kind of work, and tugs are an essential part of the chain of commerce 
that brings us our 90% of everything. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. You'll find ship schedules and a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Ship Report podcasts also on Apple and Spotify. You'll find marine weather and links to ship schedules and more on my Ship Report Facebook page. Thanks for listening and have a great day.